Okay, welcome to the Formula for Wealth. This is um, our first event, a great way to kickstart the year. And we have some amazing speakers lined up for today. They have all man well found, cracked the code, if you like, for the formula for wealth. Each of the speakers today is a millionaire, a multimillionaire, or pretty close to becoming a millionaire. And so you're going to be learning from people who have the experience, the knowledge, the skills for building wealth. Our first speaker today is Anna Rodriguez. Now, I first met Anna in April 2020. And we started our first joint venture in August. We have five joint ventures together now. And we are working with, I think it's just over 200 people we have in those groups now. So it's uh, actually quite amazing the number of um, people that we're working with. Anna is an author and she's written 20, 21 books, Anna. Many, many books into language. <laughs> yeah, many. And her latest book is um, How I Made My First Million. So, Anna, I'm going to hand over to you to share your fantastic skills and knowledge with everyone. Thank you so much, Karen. Let me share with you. And there we go. And let's start here. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Um, thank you for giving yourselves the present of being here. Because if you're here today, it's because you want something different. So that that makes a lot of sense. You're in the right path. And thank you, Karen, for putting this together and uh, for being there from April 2020 of all times. Yeah. <laughs> when the market when the market hits such a low. Yeah. As Karen was saying, this is my last book, which is called My First Million. The definition for me of million would be of cash, something that I can turn into cash tomorrow. So property is not included there because you cannot sell a house in one day normally. Yeah. So this is convertible into cash by the click of a button. And two days later, everything is at home. That's my definition. I am from Spain originally, where Karen is living now. Now I live in Ireland, the world upside down. And I would like to know where you guys are from. So that way we get to know each other a little bit better, if that's okay with you. In the meantime, yeah, I'm going to tell you the story behind this book, behind my first million. This is like the great finale, right? It's like, oh, fantastic, I've made it. However, behind the scenes, there's been a lot of <laughs> sweat and tears and work, if you will. And I'm going to share with you mostly the emotional part, intellectually, we can learn this, what I do, which is doing making money in the stock market. We can learn that quite easily or in a short period of time. However, the emotions behind and how I turned to, I had to turn myself into not a different person, but a self-actualized person because it's not about making money, it's about holding that wealth, being able to hold that wealth and then on top of that, to have the courage to share it with others and don't feel that um, taking advantage of anybody or, you know, all the imposter syndrome thing. And if, if I could do it, my background is science, nothing to do with this, you can do it too. So I'm here hopefully to inspire you to overcome the emotional hurdles overall. Yeah. So now let's go back in time. <laughs> Let's go back to 2009, for instance. I graduated college in 1989. I'm 58 now, just turned 58 on Thursday. So <laughs> I'm 58, 58 now, yeah. And since I graduated until 2009, what I did was what I was supposed to do, which is, okay, work, work for the corporate world. I was an employee, therefore the money was decided. How much money I was making was decided for me. Hmm? 
And I was selling my time and getting money. My sons in 2009, they were nine and seven. And I wanted to spend more quality time and quantity time with them. But at the same time, I wanted to offer them an education that was more complete from my point of view, more whole than just the regular one that you get at school. Yeah, and I figure that the best way would be to take them to personal development events all over the world. Well, not all over, all over, but, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't go to Africa for one because it was very far, but you, you know what I mean. And for that, for those events, I would need money and also to be with my children at home. That was my why. And we'll go back to the why afterwards. So what did I do? Well, I could, I could, so at the beginning I had money and didn't have time, right, in 2009. Then in 2012, I had quit my job and I had a lot of time. I was with my kids, but the money had gone down. Mm. Anybody relates to this? <laughs> During these three years, I was trying other things rather than working for the others like I was doing before. What I did was I opened up my own business. I was taking photographs for, for money. I couldn't sell myself. <laughs> and the money that I was getting didn't pay for the lifestyle that I desired. So I stopped and breathed deep and I thought, What's the solution? How could I have both time and money? I wonder if you had ever asked yourself this question. In my case, I asked this question to myself and I got the answer. What was the answer? Big aha moment. Oh, let money work for me. I had no clue that money could work for me. No clue how this could be done. But you see, once you put a desire out there, the universe answers. And also what I discovered was that the theory was completely different to the practice. Yeah. As a chemist, I did a lot of analysis. One thing was learning about that from the books. Another thing was analyzing the, the, the samples that were bring, brought to the lab. That was a completely different thing. My experience in making money work for me is the stock market, and that's where I'm going to focus. And applying the theory to um, somehow make money with quite a level of confidence, that's easy. Now we can, you can learn tons, and you can start making money with it. However, however, the practice was a bit different. As of the how to make the money, Owen O'Malley, later on, he's my partner in business and in life, will be explaining the how to, how we do this, how we make money work for us. And in a nutshell, we pick the best companies when they are at a good price, and then we turn these shares into assets. Assets is something that puts money in our pockets every so often. As Carrie uh, knows, every month, yeah, in the ventures that we have together, we make money every month in them. So if you apply a system that works and then let time work towards you with the power of compound interest, it's just a matter of time, right? To, to get the, the, the answers and the desired results. However, yeah, mechanics is not the same as getting the results. And we are whole and we are everything together. However, to explain these two parts, I see them as one thing is the mechanics. I learned this stuff. And another thing is how do I apply it? And that depends on us. Yeah. So you might wonder, the psychology, how come that something as simple as buying low and selling high and doing this over and over and over could not lead to the, to the results that we could expect when the market in the long term, as we know, always goes up. Well, that's a one million question. And if you care to answer there, what do you think that's in between? I would love to read your, I'm going to put here the chat. 
Oh, thank you for the happy birthday <laughs> wishes. Uh, what do you think gets in between? Can you type it there so we can see it? Any idea? Maybe your spouse, maybe your mother-in-law, maybe having so many children, maybe, what is it? What do you think it is that it's in between where we are now and the results? Well, life. Life. <laughs> life. Okay. Well, in my experience, Karen, <laughs> it's <ta-tang>, <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you. Just you. You can call it life. You can call it whatever you want, but <laughs> it's you. Yeah. <laughs> so, how do we get in the middle? Okay. Let's go to the mechanics. Yeah, in this context, we're talking about wealth. We are going to make money depending on the decisions that we make. Okay, we can buy low and sell high. That's those are two decisions. Or we can buy low, and then the market goes down, and then we can become very, very anxious or fearful, and then sell everything. In that case, we're going to lose money. That that's just the way it is, right? So let's consider these two parts the first one the the mechanical part i call this the wiring if if we compare ourselves with a computer it would be like hardware and software the hardware is the wiring is how all the panels and everything is connected within it yeah from the wiring point of view i am pretty sure that you would agree with me that some people naturally are more extrovert and risk tolerant if we take into consideration these two traits, some others are introvert and their tolerance to risk is minimal or nearly non-existent. And some of the people are in the middle as well. I suppose that this makes sense, right? So in our experience with the investment clubs, there are many tools out there, yeah? And we're born with this, by the way. We're born like this. The wiring, we're born with it. There are many tools out there that will help us understand how we take the decisions that we take, why we behave the way that we behave most of the time, most of the time. The tool that I found that it's easiest to use and implement is the IMA tool. IMA stands for Identify, Modify and Adapt. Yeah, And it has, I learned this from from James Knight, a dear friend of ours. And his purpose in life is to to put this tool out there so that the relationships between humans <laughs> make more sense and we can relate from a more loving place and also less frustrating and also we advance because we all have traits that add up we, and we also have some weaknesses. Let's focus on the strengths. Let's put all the strengths together, like a mastermind. And then with all those strengths together, let's let's make projects happen and stuff happen. Yeah. There is a questionnaire here. www.ticnima.com. And I would encourage you to take it. I'm going to take it now. This allows me to do it. Yeah. I will be taking it now. And you can take it now or in your own time. You will see. Can you see it on the screen? No, it hasn't switched no. over, Anna. Okay. Sorry about that. So uh, yes, it has it has now. Yeah. So just put your name there, one email address where you will be able to get the information afterwards. And there are some statements here, simple ones, yeah? Don't give it too much thought on getting your mind, getting your heart. <laughs> the first one, I find it easy to share and discuss personal feelings with others, or I prefer to get them for myself, but I'm more of an extrovert, so I would share them like this. Statement two, I usually react quickly when faced with new situations or decisions, or slowly when facing new situations or decisions. 
Okay, so you answer whatever suits you best. I tend to talk more than listen. I tend to listen more than talk. I, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's where I want to be anyway. I tend to make decisions primarily on feelings and or opinion from others or on facts and evidence. Well, I've been trained now <laughs> to check the evidence. <laughs> Others are more likely to describe me as impatient or patient. Okay. So you answer your question. When people first met me, they might describe me as being more formal and proper or more relaxed and warm. Yeah, well... Um, certainly being very proper is not my thing. Others would say that my facial expressions and body language are difficult to read or rather easy. The next one is I prefer getting tasks completing, completed before socializing with others or mm, I guess everything or first party and then you see we'll, we'll figure it out. Others are more likely to describe me as more assertive, less reserved, or less assertive and more reserved. And the last one is, am I more competitive or less competitive? Okay, so you click on the finish, and then James Knight, who's this gentleman here, will give you a summary of what your behavioral pattern is most of the time. There's no answer that's right. There's no answer that's wrong. Br roughly 25% of the people are belong to one of these groups and these groups are four. I am described as a high yellow. We'll see some of the traits here. But as I said, we all have traits from all the groups. It's just most of the time, where are we? And some people are more into one color and less of the others. Some are more blended. Okay. So if your answer was that you're a high red, let's see some of the traits that high reds have. Yeah. What's the strength of a high red? Leadership. What is something that they are not good at? Patience. They are very, very impatient. What's something that they can stand in decision? Something that they seek for? Productivity. Something that they aim for? Yeah, control, 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 control. Something that they suffer when being found out, let's put it that way, it's being hustled. What they love, <laughs> and they love giving control. You control it, you lead the boat. Yeah. What do they want to learn about a project? What does it do? When can it be done? How much it costs? What do they value? Yeah. They value their that they they want projects and things to be done quickly. So time wasting is a no, no for them. It's quickly, quickly now, now. What's music, celestial music for their ears? Gold. Yeah. And what they, what are, where's their focus? Results. Based on these general traits, and I'm sure that you're thinking of somebody at this stage, how would you talk to a high red? Well, you go with a list of things that you want to accomplish to a meeting, let's say, or if it's your spouse, go straight to the point, don't beat around the bushes, yeah? Present things very, very fast, don't beat around the bushes. Give them problems and solutions at the same time. Don't say, oh, I wonder how, no, no, yeah? And tell them how much this is going to cost emotionally, energetically, physically, in time, in money, whichever way it is. High yellows, strength, enthusiasm, Mm, a bit disorganized sometimes. <laughs> yeah, routine is just like, uh, no, no, I need to do something different every day. Uh, high yellows love the applause, the recognition, the congratulations because it's just their birthday, for instance. <laughs> what do high yellows uh, seek for? Approval and having fun. 
having fun. Rejection is a big one. It's a big one that makes them suffer. Recognition, yeah, the applause, again, fantastic. What do they want to see? How it enhances status and visibility. Many people in the in media out there with all these selfies and stuff, I would say that most of them are high yellow. How to do things dynamically at a fast pace. A no-go could be effort because things need to be changing and changing all the time. So by low, so high, by low, so high. Over years, it might take a bit of an effort. Ideas, new ideas, celestial music, and interaction with other people, fantastic for high yellows. How to talk to a high yellow? Well, with enthusiasm, that's for sure. Don't go there with a boring type of voice at a low speed because it's like, oh, I'm gone. Tell them about brilliant ideas or just ideas and bounce them off each other. Tell them how good they've done things. And well, remember that they will go running after the next shiny object. So just take that into consideration, yeah. High blues, what, how are they like? Well, let's see, strength, listening. They are very good listeners. Yeah, but they are very indecisive. I don't know what happens. Insensitivity is something that they just can't handle. Yeah, they love acceptance, group. They look for friendships. And sudden changes, no, because again, they are very indecisive. Yeah, they love stability, things to run smoothly and be the same. They want to know in a project that how is this going to affect them personally and also to the group. Yeah, they want to do things in a friendly manner and avoid conflict at all, at all costs. They love talking about feelings and they seek this communication. How to talk to a high yellow then? Screaming and shouting and very fast and moving a lot or no, not really. Tell them about feelings. Tell them about how everything is going to be okay. Tell them how this is going to affect them and the community and friendships and all that kind of stuff. Now, high greens. How are they look like? What's their wiring? Well, they love planning but because they, are, they tend to perfectionism, they get stagnant at some points, yeah? And again, like high blues, they don't like unpredictability. They like things to stay run smooth and safe and to be there as they left them. They love precision. They, they are very thorough in their research and criticism just can't, something they can't handle. Yeah, they love accuracy, they want to learn Anything that can be justified logically. So everything would be in their minds when they're taking the decisions. Well, not everything, obviously, we're human, but they love rationality, the rationality behind it. They want to do things precisely and to lose faith that somebody says, eh, you made, the, you made a mistake here. They can handle it. They, can, they, they stop breathing. I've seen someone, some high green, very high green, even stop breathing when you say you run there and even flush. Yeah. They love procedures and know-hows and that kind of things. And they are the ones that you can trust you in the process. How to talk to one? Well, that gives you an idea, yeah? Numbers are music to their ears. They want to know the plus and minuses and everything that could happen. What are the 399 potential outcomes that could happen if we take this decision in this direction, yeah? And takes us in this direction. Go to them with loads of spreadsheets and notes and procedures and know-how and talk precisely to them, yeah? Based on these colors, you could imagine that some people would naturally be wired to 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 certain to certain occupations. For instance, high reds could be CEOs of companies. That makes sense, yeah, because they are driving forces. High yellows would come with ideas, like Google ideas or whatever ideas, creativity. Artists, uh, funny presentations, that kind of stuff. 
then the high the high greens could be there. Uh, so the high yellows would have the ideas, the CEOs would make sure that they get executed and then who would be executing those ideas and doing the thing over and over and making sure that everything gets done. The high greens also, they could be engineers many times and pilots. We want pilots, people to be very precise, uh, driving, a, a piloting a, an airplane, not, not a high yellow yeah, or a high green who would go there with... I don't know, the door is even open because he hasn't checked anything. That's what we want. And then the high blues could be nurses and teachers, people who are very careful with, whose focus is that, yeah, in a project to make sure that nobody kills each other, that there's harmony, that there's peace, that things flow, okay? Not necessarily engaged in the project per se, per se. and well, High greens love spreadsheets and spreadsheets love high greens. Now, what about the psychology? That's based on the experiences. If going back to the analogy of a computer, it would be the software. Yeah. So there are programs. What are the programs? The programs that have been installed in our circuits. Yeah. They come to us through experiences. Yeah, during our six, seven first years, because of the wavelengths that our brains operate with, it, hardware, yeah, we live in a state of trance, like hypnotic. And that's why we believe everything. It could be the three wise men or the, the fairy, to, the tooth fairy or whatever it is, or that you have, I don't know, a big car behind your ear. As kids, we can believe everything because we are in that trance. We have no filters. We believe everything hypnotically. Where is this coming from, all this information? Well, all this information and experiences from our parents, family, ancestors as well yeah people who are not with us anymore but the information is still there teachers the culture school news environment you name it everything around us around us and those experiences create our belief system i'm sure that in this group everybody is very familiar with the belief systems yeah so this beliefs yep we're talking about money so let's focus on that what do you think about money and wealth? I'm going to give you 10 seconds <laughs> to say, to think about it. What's the first thing that pops into your mind? Yeah, and if you want to share it in the chat, that would be brilliant. Well, if we think whatever it is, it could be either empowering or disempowering. Yeah, let me close this. We, we and we are going to take decisions that will support whatever our beliefs are, either whether they are empowering or disempowering. Yeah. Sometimes we are aware of the reasons behind the decisions that we're taking, but sometimes we aren't. Mostly we aren't because the pro these programs are installed in our, in our system and they go to our unconscious mind after this seven-year-old mark, approximately, yeah. And we just continue taking decisions based on this empowering or disempowering beliefs. So let's go with some examples, again, related to money, because that's what we're discussing now. Let's imagine, let's think of uh, some beliefs that we could have, like, I need to work hard for money. There are no jobs out there. How many times have you said that? Oh, yeah, I would like to change or I would like to find a job, but there's nothing out there. Or rich people are crooked. Even if we don't think that, when we watch a movie, normally the people with money are always the villains. Yeah, always. Or normally, yeah, all the time, pretty much. Any, uh, anyone can do what I do. So there are a thousand people there better than me. Imposter syndrome. It could be, if I have money, if I become rich, I could lose my friends, my family will come and take advantage of me, anything along these lines, and many others, yeah? But what if our beliefs are empowering, such as money comes to me easily? Hmm? Some people think like that, and 
money just goes to them, even if they have a job that doesn't pay that much because money finds them. Maybe an aunt leaves them some money because this person dies or they will win the lottery or they will be offered some money to do a presentation or whatever it is. Yeah. Or instead of there are no jobs out there, we could also believe opportunities come my way. There are so many, 8 billion people out there. Somebody, I'm sure I can add value to somebody out of 8 billion. Yeah. A big one. I deserve wealth. So many people believe that they don't deserve wealth. I have a lot of value to offer. Yeah. We all have something that somebody else doesn't know, doesn't have, that we can teach, we can share, we can give, we can produce. A billion people again, yeah? And another one is that money can, I can enhance my actions. I can do more of what I do best if I have money. If you read, um, oh, Wallace, Wattle, Wallace Wattle's book, about, oh, the science of getting rich, which I read or listen to every year. It's the first time that I heard it. It was shocking to me because it said that we have the obligation to become rich because it's only by being rich that we can reach our ultimate goal and the our potential. Our, not the goal, sorry, the potential. Because with money, if we have the money, we won't have to spend time, I don't know, cleaning the house, for instance. Other people can do it. We will create prosperity and we can focus on what we're better, better at. Yeah. yeah. And depending on what our beliefs are, that's going to influence our behavior. Everything influences our behavior. The beliefs that we have, the, the wiring that we have been born with, everything, yeah? With respecting to wealth and money, our topic today, depending on how our relationship is with it, with the money, we are going to behave in a certain way, right? There are many classifications there. I'm sticking to this one. Saver, we could be considers our savers when? Well, this would be people believing in scarcity and it's very likely that they would spend as little as possible. They would know the prices of everything. They would always check the, the menu on the right hand side, the labels of everything and yeah, seeing how we can do this cheaper. And if they spend something on themselves, they would feel guilty about it. Yeah. Or pretty much the opposite would be spenders. They have no clue of what they have in the bag. Savers would know to the very last cent or hundred. Or the spenders wouldn't know. They just flash their cards and eat anything in a restaurant, regardless of whatever the price is, and would buy things that they don't even need. They they will buy because they love shopping and they love buying things and hoard things. Just, just spend and spend and spend. Others could be, sorry, avoiders. Avoiders is I have nothing to do with it. I don't want to know anything about this. I'm getting this money from my wages or my project or whatever, but I let somebody handle it because I don't want to do anything with it. This is for men. This is for my husband. This is for my father, whatever, but I'm not doing it. And monks could be like, whoa, uh, yeah, money is there, money is dirty. I don't want to be, it isn't, no, it doesn't make sense to me to be paid to do something that I can add value with because I've been given this by the gods above or whatever. And I, ha I don't want to have any relationship with something as dirty as money or as unholy as money, whichever way you want to put it. And of course, these are exaggerations, yeah but for you to get the idea. Any, any belief combination can lead us to any kind of relationship and money of wealth, uh, of money, sorry, with money and wealth. For instance, let's say that our internal dialogue is, I don't deserve it, yeah? So we could say, 
um, for a saver, it could be, I don't deserve to be paid so much because I don't have enough experience. So I better save as much as possible in case I get fired. Or it could be when I, when they realize I've been overpaid, they might ask for the money. So what do I do? I'm going to spend it all. Yeah. Or it could be, oh, well, I work because that's what you do. But my spouse, my father will look after paying all the bills and keep the household running because it's, I, I, I don't want to deal with this stuff. Or it could be, yeah, as we were saying before, it's not fair charging for my gifts because they emanate from me effortlessly. And it's about needing less, not having more. So it could be anyhow. Yeah. And the same with other with other beliefs that we could have, like not good enough, money is dirty, or it's out of reach, or you name it. We have so many, so many. So you may say, oh my God, I've, I have so many beliefs here. What do I do? Well, uh, uh, thank God we have an answer for that, yeah? What are, uh, what's the answer? Well, number one, clarity. Let's define our goals. Number one is clarity. Define your goals. In the case of money, again, what would be, what would those be? Well, how much, how much money do I want to have? For when and why? The why, I would say, is the most important thing. Why is it that I want to do this? And then start it. Oh, I want to have this money to go on this trip to learn this, whatever, this, I want to do this course to learn this new skill that I need. Well, do some research and put there all the costs and you might then become some, you see, creative there and say, oh, well, instead of staying in this hotel, I could stay at a cheaper one or I could share a room or I could exchange my home in the meantime. Or, you see, I could buy the food in a supermarket while I'm there rather than going to the restaurant all the time. And you could realize that for all those dreams that you have, you might need less money. Yeah. And then the how, sometimes we know it, sometimes we don't. But focusing on the why, the show, the, 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 the how will appear. <laughs> Sorry, I got a bit stuck there. <laughs> for starters, yeah, as I was saying, write down, oh, for starters, yeah. What can we do? Well, for the clarity, to have some clarity of where we are, yeah, at least let, let's start somewhere. Is not well. I want to be there. Have no clue how to get there. Okay, where are you now? Yeah, imagine going into a taxi, and then you tell the taxi driver, "Oh, just drive." The taxi could go, hey, "What? <laughs> I don't know where to go. Do you know where you are?" And you say, "Oh, no clue. I just hopped in here. I have no clue. I don't even know where I can pay you." Well, that doesn't make sense. So know where you're going to take the taxi. I would invite you, if you're not doing this already, to write down all your expenses for a whole month. Everything, absolutely everything, be detailed. And know what's something that's dispensable and not, uh, well, which you would know afterwards, afterwards, yeah? If you go to the supermarket and you buy beer, that's something you can live without. However, well, maybe fruit is something you cannot live without, yeah? So separate the expenses as much as possible to give you clarity. Keep con continue buying the beer by all means if you want to. Just separate them to know where you are. Pay yourself first. What does this mean? Well, we need to... When we work, for instance, for a company that belongs to us, right? Pay yourself first. Don't pay everybody and then all the expenses and you're left with nothing because the universe is going to give you more of the same. So make sure that you put some money aside for you. So pay yourself first. Be like the, the richest man in Babylon. Yeah. Make sure that you have some money to invest, even if it's as little as 
I don't know, 50 pounds. We can increase that. We can work on that. Once we know what we're spending money on, maybe we can, maybe no. I'm pretty sure that for sure we can go to the minimum, which is 100 pounds a month that we're investing in current groups. Yeah. Learn new stuff. Being here, fantastic step. This will give you ideas and to continue from there. We've talked about some books. Maybe you can read them and get inspired. Learn things. Learn new skills. If you're doing the same thing, you can never achieve different results. That's, I mean, obvious. Yeah. Give some money away. Mm. <laughs> if you cannot give money, give some of your time, energy, effort. Do something for somebody. Okay, but give away because if you give money away, you're, you're going to see how that affects the other person or group or organization. And that's going to give you so much good feeling inside that will make you wanting to do it more. And for that, more money will come to you or you'll figure out a way to make it more money. Yeah. And make sure that a little bit is for enjoyment. I'm saying a little bit for the moment. All this I've been doing for years and years and I have different percentages assigned to stuff and it depends on, yeah, depending on the part of my life where I was, I could assign more or less, okay? So now I don't need to do a 55% for household because I need a lot less considering the money that I'm making a month. So you can adjust the percentages. Now I'm doing more investment, for instance. I do more learning than I used to do, yeah? I'm giving away a lot of time, for instance, now, yeah? And the enjoyment is very, very important because otherwise, for the savers, for instance, it's crucial that they associate money with having fun because otherwise they won't get it. And find a group, find a group that thinks like you. My my first approach was to look from the outside in, yeah? So there are many things that I wasn't pleased about and I was blaming the outside world. Uh, what was I blaming? Well, other people, the school, work, um, their so-called friends that sometimes they didn't behave as such, the relationships, close relationships. It could be... My co-workers, being a woman, yeah, the stars, because I was born Capricorn or whatever. Yeah, because, oh, poor me, poor me, there's always chasing me. And, oh, a big, very, very big one was my parents. Oh, because my parents were like that, you see, this is the stuff that's showing up. Anything you can think of, the boogeyman under the bed, yeah? And that's why I was having the results that I was having and I wasn't that happy. That didn't work out well and I was completely disempowered in changing the outside world. However, oops, what happens when my approach was from the inside, from the inside out? So first I looked into myself, what's going on with me, how am I, I'm 50-50 of my parents and they did what they could. So and they did what they could and the parents did what they did and their star systems were what they were and we are part of a big, big system which is myself, my parents, my ancestors, the whole globe and the universe and we are a whole system, we are working together and we can only, we can only focus on ourselves on changing our, our stuff, yeah? Newton's third law of mechanics, nothing to do with carrying a run but we know that for every action, for every force in nature, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So what happens? What happens is that if we have an influence, if we apply a force, if we do something, an action, if we think something, that's going to affect the whole system. And the whole system is going to have an effect on us. Yeah, interesting, right? So this is the same thing. And thoughts actions feelings sorry well thoughts and feelings lead us to take some actions if our thoughts and feelings emanate this energy and the energy means that's the action force that newton talks about you see small piggy bank what are what's the response by newton's law of the dynamics i think i've gone backwards yeah it's going to be the same one if this is the 
blueprint that I'm putting out there, I'm going to get the same action and reaction. That's what's going to happen. So what do we do? Duh, change the signal. Yeah. So let's make sure, oopsie, <laughs> that the signal is that of empowering, empowering thoughts, feelings, actions, and we need to be congruent as well. We cannot think oneself, think, uh, think one thing, say another one, feel another one, and then do something different. All that creates interfering patterns. So the piggy will be so, so small. Yeah. As, as a summary, yeah. So make sure that you change your thoughts if they are disempowering. The decisions that you make, again, let's put them in alignment with empowering thoughts. Make sure that you know the why, the what for, and what about the people that you surround yourself with. With wealth, you know. Your, they say that your bank account would reflect the average of the five people that you surround yourself with. So think about that, yeah? And if you need to say bye to some friends or not to say bye, I don't want to see you anymore. It's just that life takes you to another place. Make the space for other people who think more empowering stuff to be around you, yeah? Some examples of things that I've done to change the signal. I'm just going to go very quickly through them. Coaching, reading books and writing books. That gave me a lot of clarity, writing books. Essentials, to be, essential, to be in accordance to my nature. Am I doing this because somebody told me to do it? Told me to do it or is it because I want to? Attending seminars, doing mental rehearsal, if you want to call it that way, uh, go to psychologists that, and they need to be specialists in whatever you need to be to be treated or guided. Yeah. Kinesiology, look into it. Breathing exercises, meditation, a systemic coaching, coaching, family constellations, change friends. <laughs> As I was saying, I'm, I'm on the third <laughs> layer of peeling friends. Again, it's not that I don't want to see them anymore. Just... I spend less time with friends with less empowering thoughts or that lead or that get me stagnant where I was. Yeah. As we move, it's just yeah, action and reaction. Mastermind groups, very important. Ask Karen about our mastermind groups. Intuition. Oh, I have this gut feeling. Yeah, that's there for a reason. Uh, yeah, more money. Be comfortable with more money and make more money. And whatever else you can think of, but overall be true to yourself. And this is the end of it for now, because I'm there for you at Anna at one N, that's not a misprint. Anna in Spanish is with one N most of the time. And well, this is this is the QR code for this my last book. And if you see underneath, it says a spiritual and material approach to the noble art of making money. Because in this book, it's not just that you do this and then do the thing and you should have the power. Well, yes. However, I worked a lot on my mindset, on my psychology, on the software. And I'm sharing there with you the good, the bad and the ugly. I'm sharing everything, the good, the bad and the ugly, what to do, what not to do. Or oh, invitation to this worked and this, no, this doesn't work. Also, the approach is tiered because I understand that the theory, the mechanics of making the money, there's a lot, there's a lot there. So if you go as a, as a beginner with tier one, you know that in every aspect of it, with tier one, you're fine. It's like you're going in at, on a tree cycle, tricycle, yeah? So you'll get there safe. And then with tier three, you'll be more like driving a, a bus, okay? But you can go through it in a tier ma manner. And there are also lots of space for you to talk to yourself, to be true to yourself and yeah, think what's there, what's underneath? What are the beliefs that I have? Yeah. Anna, thank you. Cheers. Um, some amazing bits of information there. Um, I've got lots of notes here about empowering yourself first. If you want the results, you empower yourself first. Uh, the mechanics of the investor's mind. That was brilliant. Um, 
yes, I look at the colours and I know we all have a little bit between <laughs> us, but I mean, I tend to be high yellow, low red in uh, most of the stuff that I do. And it is, when you understand that, it, it's a huge step forward. Pay yourself first, brilliant. The universe gives back what you give. And the books you've um, announced, they are marvelous books. So folks, the um, Science of Making Money by, um, I can never remember his full name. Wallace D. Wattles. Science of Getting Rich, Wallace D. Wattles, yeah. Um, the Richest Man in Babylon is a great book. And Anna's book is uh, How I Made My First Million. Lots of really great information in there. So I'm going to ask the first question. Apart from your own books, Anna, what is the the book that you believe had the most impact on you? You see, again, this is a tiered approach. When I was beginning in this journey and I read mm, the Millionaire Mind, uh, what's... Uh, Como se llama este? Mindset of a man. The Millionaire Mind, it's based the Millionaire Mind Intensive. Sorry. Secrets of a Millionaire Mind. Sorry. Secrets of a Millionaire Mind. And I was reading it. My jaw was dropping and dropping and dropping. Then I did a course and I did the whole thing. Then you go to another stage and then you can take more in. And then some, some of the book can go there and say, wow, now I can understand this one. Because the science of getting rich, the first time that I listened to it, I was walking on a, on a beach and I thought, what? I have the obligation to become rich? But rich people are dirty and rich people. So the first time it was not good. But then I re-listened to it this holidays in Gran Canaria. And it's like, whoa, yeah, I'm there, rocket. You see, so it depends on where you are. I cannot say one. It depends on the stage where you are. Good. Thank you. Yeah. And it, it is right because everybody's at a certain level where it comes in. And you've talked all about those tears today. Uh, any other questions from anyone? Um, I'm just uh, checking the, I, I actually have the um, chat box switched off. Anna, um, we've got a request. Can you show the link again for the test? Yes. I'll type it here, if that's okay. Yeah, if you want to put it in the Yeah, chat in the chat. <laughs> it's www.tacnima.com. And you will get James talking to you, and you will also get something, a PDF that you can download. Yeah. It's very interesting because then once you know this is, oh, this person is being a high red, is not being, you see, attacking me, or this person is just being high green, is not just trying to annoy me because I'm moving at a faster pace. So it yep. gives you this easiness, Understanding. the relationships. Um, any other questions that we've got for Anna? No, everybody's just, <laughs> you've just blown everyone away. <laughs> it was either very clear or everybody's still sleeping. <laughs> Question from me, Karen. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Um, thanks, Karen. And thanks, Anna. Wonderful presentation. I Pleasure so much enjoyed working through this with you. Thanks. You, you made a mention about the universe giving back what you give out, the thoughts or whatever. Um, I agree with it, uh, but how do you deal with a situation where, I mean, because currently I have a situation at hand like that, where you have this thought, it's it's amassing, I mean, you, you, you can feel it, but it's huge, and you feel a bit of inadequacy in achieving that objective, 
and you've you've been at it for a while. What can you do to change that mindset? You have this big touch, you've given it out, you've actually done some work about it, but it's not giving you back that feeling that you want or that energy to go into it or or the requirement is so huge that uh, you feel short somehow. How do you how do you re-engage re yourself around that? Yeah, well, if you remember all the blue boxes with all the techniques and all the things and all the education that I still go through, you could find, it depends on the moment where you are. Right now, maybe you would need to go to a psychologist and the psychologist will help you. It could be some, I don't know, I want to do some, uh, coaching of some sort it could be i i would work with a course of miracles because that would give me the peace but step number one is know where you are so where are you from what i can sense from the outside and of course i might be wrong is that there is a disconnection between your brain and your heart your heart wants something your brain is telling you something different I sense this and I would like to be here. However, my brain is saying this, I cannot resolve. I can't not do this. And all those kind of thoughts that spiral down and make you feel bad. First thing is make sure that your brain and your heart work in harmony. So those thoughts are coming normally from the ego. That's your mind trying to protect you. And they come pretty much automatically. So you're seeing something and you have an interpretation of that something that's going on oh, and, and a judgment. This is bad. Instead of thinking, this is how things are, this is neutral. And because this is neutral, I'm going to be here for this person. Let's say, I don't know, somebody's very sick and you're suffering because this person is sick and there's nothing you can do, 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 to make them feel better. Well, what you can do for sure is be there for them, listen to them and hold the space to be them rather than be running around trying to sort things out. And that's the know thyself again. Oh, because I'm a man, because I'm high red, I need to sort things out. Well, maybe the way to sort things out is just do nothing and be there for that person. You see, it's, it, it, the, the answer is not going to come from your brain, from your mind working. It's going to, first, I'm going to be here. I'm going to listen to what's going on. I'm going to listen to this person. What are your queries? What are you scared of? Do you feel that I'm here for you? Do you want me to be here? Do you need space? Do you want me to be quiet? Listen to the other person. Two ears, one mouth and feel the other person. Does that make sense? Thanks, makes sense. Yeah, and, and there are things that we, they're so beyond us. We can give them to the, if you believe in a higher force or a higher, the source, the spirit, God, whatever it is, sometimes it's about asking for guidance, but we have the guidance in our hearts. Go to a nice place and think, I need an answer for this. What do I need to do? I may, the answer might come to you. Oh my God, I don't need to do anything. Or I need to be entertaining the kids so that I allow my spouse to go visit her dying father more often. And she will feel better. It could be anything, but listen to your heart. Follow your intuition. Connect with that part of you that's inside. And by all means, if you need professional assistance, Go for it. But Thank don't you. think that it'll be just you sorting all the problems in your household and in the world. We are a team. Yeah? Makes mm. sense? Does it help, Femi? Thanks so much. Helps, helps a lot. Thank you. Thank for you. My... Thank yeah. you. Delighted. Yeah. Thank you, Anna. That was really deep and powerful. So thank, thank you. you very much for that. Uh, if any more questions from anyone? And um, if not, I will give us a five minute break and we will be back with the next presentation. Thank you very much, Karen, for Anna, putting this together. I wanna... Thank you to everybody for being there and giving yourself this opportunity. Anna, thank you very much. Uh, the link to um, Anna's book will be sent out to everybody. 
and the link that Anna's just put in there to do the test will also be sent out to everyone. Okay, so Anna, thank you very much. My pleasure. Love you. Thank you. All right, so we'll take a five-minute break.